Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Welcome. Hey, hey, we're Hello, here. All four of us. Johnny, you weren't so free earlier this no, morning, man. No, I was, I, I was locked into a little tube, ooh, uh, an MRI. Ooh. And, uh, ooh. Have you had an MRI, Bill? I have. I've yeah. had a couple of them. You, yeah. you like the experience? What's Not very it? much. Yeah. I just close my eyes and... Uh, the 20 minutes takes three hours, but, oh, I'm, yeah. but I'm fine. I feel like yeah. they have you in there for much longer they than can that. Go and they were honest. One they they yeah. said it'll yeah. be two segments They're of 15 sadists. minutes. Oh, if you're they, out yeah, there no. and you run those things, yes. yeah. yeah. I, I, this, had, I had one where they had me propped up at like a 70 degree angle but i was held up by like the arm that was injured and they're like don't move i'm like i'm hanging by pain don't move oh you moved Uh, (laughs) try it again are you claustrophobic oh yeah oh are you claustrophobic Uh, a little bit a little yeah. bit. I those, just have I just have to close my eyes. Those machines teach me to yeah. until yeah. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. I got locked you in, in a steamer trunk when I was 11. For, no, for a no, while. You told that at yeah. church oh. once. Oh. Uh-huh. So I don't like that. I know that. Real. I and you even... know my biggest phobia. Yes. Is uh, yeah. Let's wrapped in carpet <laughs> and someone tying it off a duct tape and leaving me in an abandoned warehouse. So. <laughs> So, are we talking about claustrophobia? Uh, (laughs) When did that come in? I don't know, but I've Uh, never been able to shake it. Now we won't be able to. (laughs) That's a picture. If that ever happens, John, I think you're going to be afraid. (laughs) Just... Think about this Ephesians passage yeah, that right. at that time. Just carry some duct tape around oh, and John starts oh, twitching. You should carry around like a little exacto knife just in case. <laughs> With my teeth. Because your arms are down by your side. Oh, yeah. Oh. That is great. Okay, wow. let's get out well, of yeah, here. Please, please. Yeah. please. Here. <laughs> Where do Ephesians chapter Ephesians 2, John? John? Do some reading for read us. Please. Could you read that, John? Through verse 10, please. Verse 10, yeah. Thanks. Oh, you guys, look Look at what we're going to say. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. And among them we all too formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Wow. Wow. Mm. wow. Wow. I'm going to let you guys just you go preach. Where, wherever you want to go. With, <laughs> that'll that'll with, preach. There's a hundred different directions. Yeah. You can I go with this beautiful. I was thinking passage. a lot about this because I just had some extra time this morning. And um, it's amazing the clarity with which he's communicating uh, 
the message we constantly are trying to understand. We were dead. We who were dead have been made alive by grace. But the ones who have been made alive by grace have been formed by God into a new creation Mm. that is capable of doing good. Mm. That's the summary, as I say it, of that passage. We who were dead, unable to do good, are now living by God's grace in a person, a new identity, that because we have righteousness can do good. Mm. So often, this passage, and it rightly so, concentrates on verses 8 and 9 mm-hmm. at the exclusion of verse 10. Yeah. And so we limit the gospel to be the process of becoming a saint rather than the gospel being our reality as a saint, a workman of God created before creation began to do good. That's, that's the it. miracles of God's grace in this one passage. And, and that's the irony, too, that before the creation... He created us for good works, which we couldn't do until he recreated us Amen. in Christ Jesus. And now we get to do it. And if we miss it, if we overlook it, because eight and nine is our sole focus, we miss our life. We, Amen. He created us for all these good works that we could not previously do. Amen. And the identity piece is so important here because you can have a believer and a non-believer both serve at a soup kitchen. You could have a believer and a non-believer both go and donate blood when it's necessary. Go Both go to Haiti when things are happening. Both do many of the same actions. And, and obviously, God is saying, this is not about what you can physically in this world, what your hands are doing. Yes. The good works I created, and they are done by you because I can give you the motive. I, you have righteousness to do this out of. And so it's this interesting, this kind of applies back to why isn't this all about sin? Why isn't this all about that we don't do this or we do do this to make sure that we're right for God? Because God is not making it about just the action. Yes. He's making it about who we are that does the action. Amen. Yes, that's right, David. And you're thinking about a dear friend who said if we do good works, we must be righteous. No, you can do good works because you have been made righteous. Right. You know, I, I don't want to bypass this. As a new believer, I, there was no set of verses that I had underlined and circled and starred and, and fireworks going off. It, it, this passage told me, yeah. even I belong. You know, the one who wow. should never felt like Oh, I wow. don't belong with you people. Yeah. This says, stop that. You you are Amen. a new creature. And, and and it wasn't your works that got you here, and it wasn't your works that could keep you from here. And it, it, it for the first time reading that, I just felt I belong in the body of Christ. It's amazing. Isn't that yeah. beautiful, John? Yeah. Just think just think about what that happens to you. Yeah. Because I was there yeah, with right. you, but I'm just that's saying right. What that happens to you or any Christian who finally it dawns on them, I belong. Mm. And it's not because of my merit mm. or my works, but I belong because God, God did in me That's right. what I could not do in me, and I belong. And, and we have so many people in so many churches 
that are still being taught that they don't belong. And that until they do certain things, they won't belong. Mm -hmm. As if those who are in the leadership of those places are doing the right things to belong. It's, 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 it's all backwards, upside down. And John, right. that moment or those moments in your life, they created a foundation That's right. for your confidence mm-hmm. That's right. to go forward. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And it's equally as tragic, Bill, when, when people come out of that and they say, because of the pain of being told that I had to do X, I will now do nothing because I am good with God. And so just like you said at the beginning, to miss verse 10, to miss the life that God literally did this for because of the pain of the misrepresentation of how you got to God and got this identity, it's, it's, oh, it's so harmful and hurtful and incapacitating. Absolutely. You talked a little bit about death and life, that we were dead, we are now alive in Christ. Um, Talk about this verse 3 that, that, um, says that we formerly lived our lives in the cravings of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Talk about what what is he contrasting there in verse 3? What is that uh, thing that he's moving to in terms of the nature of being children of wrath? My, my response, Bruce says, and in part what he's doing is he's describing for us the characteristics of those who are spiritually dead. Hmm. That's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. These are the characteristics of those who are spiritually dead, but that's not who you are. The characteristics of you who by grace have been saved are in fact now a workman designed of God to do good. Where that's the contrast. The yeah. contrast is what, what I was once capable of doing and did in fact do. See, what, what we've done is we've created an evaluation system in the religious aspects of that which is called Christianity. And, and I wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. What wasn't mm-hmm. so bad? Whatever, whatever so bad means. I wasn't as bad as those guys. They really, really, really needed the grace of God. Mm-hmm. That, that mindset. No. No, he's not describing a few. This is true of everyone who is not in Christ. But he also says this is true of everyone who is in Christ. Get past the evaluation system. That's great. Evaluate yourself as mostly good before you became to Christ, <laughs> and evaluating yourself as something other than a workman who can do good in That's Christ. Great. That's great. Because otherwise, our rating system works against us in both being a non-Christian and in being a Christian. A uh, Pharisee, yeah. Really, it's, yeah. it's a rating system. That's what he's comparing. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to lose either way, then <laughs> there you are. Yeah. I was thinking the other day um, about this this privilege that we have to invest so much of our lives in our cases in the in the gospel of God's grace, Amen. and yet we all get to do that. We we're doing that vocationally, but we're just getting a glimpse. It's enough to fill up our lives just as it did for John when he was first a Christian. But we're just getting a glimpse, though we spend our whole lives at it, as scratching the surface, so to speak, of this grace. And um, a couple of weeks ago, a person was uh, talking to me about our certification in the High Trust Leadership course, and they were telling me how how it, it seemed like it was very intense. It was very long. It was 20 weeks long. And, 
And uh, isn't there a shorter kind of version of that? And I said, you know what? Um, why don't you uh, read Ephesians 2, 7, and then, and then you get back to me and, <laughs> and think about this 20 weeks because it says there that God is going to need uh, the ages to come in order to show us the surpassing riches of his grace. So if it's going to take God ages to come, I think 20 weeks is a pretty good deal for you right now. <laughs> pretty truncated. Yeah, yeah. You're well, going God's to a... not as efficient as John. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that great? That's beautiful. And, and he doesn't just talk about the surpassing riches of his grace, but in his kindness toward Amen. us Amen. in Amen. Christ Amen. Jesus. Amen, Bruce. Wow. See you next week at True Faced. Bye, you guys.